In conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level, introduce to you God's Word, the simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Colopring. God bless you as you listen. Father, as we have come this evening, reach out to us again. Speak to our souls, O Lord. We have not come for head knowledge. Let your word bring every flesh down. Let your word destroy every flesh in us. Cause your word, O oh Lord, to be sown in our souls. In the name of Jesus, let it assess our soul. Let your word assess every soul here. Let it be planted in our soul. In the name of Jesus, cause it to bear fruit. Let Jesus be glorified. Let it bless the body of Christ. Let it bring revival in many homes. Everywhere there is storm, let the storm come to an end. Every confusion, O oh Lord, whether in the body of Christ, let it come to an end. Bring answers, O oh Lord, to many questions in the heart of your people today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' most precious name we are praying. Are we saying amen? It's only when men encounter Christ that they will have a deep experience. Now today we want to continue in our study. We have not stopped in that study biblical way for an approved giving. Hallelujah. We discussed extensively that aspect also of giving which is necessary in the body of Christ too. At least we could see there are so many areas we needed to correct ourselves in the area of giving. In the area of giving. And I strongly believe that as that message is being released, it's going to bless so many widows out there at least some of them who think that the church is responsible for providing for them will sit up. Christ will begin to do them good. Are we saying amen? You begin to bless them marvelously. And there's a great beauty that will be restored to the family. The children will look at her and embrace her and say, Mama, we never knew that God can bless us like this. So we are trusting the Lord that God will definitely reach out to our widows and bless them and make them also to return to Christ and embrace him well and serve him the way they ought to serve him so that he can bless them. Now today we want to progress a little when we talk about giving to the poor. Hallelujah. We also look at how to give to share in the body of Christ among brethren. Giving to the poor and how we share among ourselves as children of God. Because these things are provisions God made in his word. Are we saying amen? So that as we do that, we do it with all confidence. And know also that the blessings that God has reserved for us as his children, we are sure to get it. And I want to say to us, as we practice these things, definitely God will bless us. Because he will only confirm his word. Praise God. Now, the issue of giving among brethren and giving to the poor. We're looking at it first. We'll look at the book of Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. 
He that had pity upon the poor lended unto the Lord. And that which he had given, will he repay him again? Now, Proverbs chapter 28, verses 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a cause. Hallelujah. Now, we start this teaching from that place. Now, first, God showed us there is a reward for giving out to the poor. Is that true? That's a reward for giving out to the poor. But the next thing we need to look at very closely is who is the poor? Who can we say is a poor person? Who can we say this person is poor? And what is the definition of being poor from the scripture? It's important so that we will not do things that are wrong. Who is the poor? We want to study that from us at the four to learn something from the apostles of old, how they defined poverty, lack, want. Now, one thing we must not fail to understand is this. Like Jesus said, the poor will always be around us. And this truth must be settled as quick as possible. No matter the message or the preaching that no one should be poor in the church. That everyone must be rich. Everyone is meant to be rich. I don't doubt. But at the same time, I cannot doubt what Christ said. The poor we will always have in our midst. Jesus made us to understand. Only him knows why he said that. And we don't need to argue with him. We don't need to argue with him. In Matthew chapter 26 verses 11... Jesus was addressing his disciples when they brought the oil or the perfume that is costly. And they said to him, Lord, this perfume is very costly. Why this waste? Why not we go and sell this thing? You know the person who was saying it? Judas. Why not we go and sell this and use the money and give to which people? To the poor. And give to the poor. And Jesus answered them. And what Jesus answered them is worth nothing. It's worth nothing. In that Matthew, chapter 26, verses 11, let's quickly flip our Bible to Matthew, chapter 26, verses 11. And what did Jesus say? Let's go back a little more. Are we understanding that? Verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster boss of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Verse 10. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she had wrought a good work upon me. Verses 11. For ye have the poor always with you. But me you have not always. For ye have the poor always with you. For ye have the poor always with you. Now, some of us will say, 
The poor that Jesus was talking about here, they are outsiders, those who are beggars there. You see, Jesus wasn't talking about some people that are in the church or some that might come after the apostles might have preached them the gospel who will come and join as believers. Now, when Jesus confronted the disciples and said, No, me, you won't have always with you, but the poor, you will always have with you. So if you actually intend to give to the poor, there's still opportunity for you to give to the poor. Don't just use this one. Leave this one by the side. For the poor will always be around. The poor will always be around you. They will always be around you. So if you want to give to the poor, there will always be opportunity for you to give to the poor. As many times as you would have wanted to give to them. As many times as you would have wanted to give to them. If you turn, you will see the poor. If you turn, you will see the poor around you. Now, we want to go to Acts chapter 4 to begin to discuss. In Acts chapter 4, we need to look at it very closely to learn some wisdom there. To learn some wisdom there from the apostles of Christ who has gone ahead of us in this work. Hallelujah. Now, in Acts chapter 4, verses 32, let's start from there. If God permits us, we might get to Acts chapter 5 also because Acts chapter 4, from 32 to 37, I call Acts chapter 5 from 1 down to 11, the continuation of that Acts chapter 4 from 32 is a continuation. Are you understanding? So if you stop in Acts chapter 32 to 37, you won't get the full story. You won't get the full story of what happened there. Now, we look at verse 32 very quick. In verse 32, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed, we are of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands, of houses, sold them, and brought the price of the things that were sold. Verse 35. And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Look at verses 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was so named Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having learned, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, we go back again to 32. Hallelujah. We are looking at two things. The first thing we need to look at is this. How can we say that somebody, what next do you call poverty? That somebody is poor. What do you call that somebody is poor? If you say this person is poor, what is the next thing you call it? When you say somebody is poor, you simply mean the person is in lack. And the person is in need. It might be in need of anything at all. It might be in need of anything at all. 
What actually made God say that these ones, their lack was met? He said their lack was met. In Judah, verse, he said, none of them had any need again. The first thing he said in verses 34, Acts chapter 4, verse 34, neither was there any among them that lacked before they were poor. They were lacking. But after then, there was no lack again. Now, there's another one again I want to show you. In verses 35, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man as he had need. Now, after that, it simply means that their lack and their needs were met. I want to ask you a question. How much did they sell the lands? How much did they make out of the possession that they laid down and the Bible recorded now that he arrested their lacks and their need? Can somebody say this is the amount? It wasn't given in the Bible. Do you think the thing ran into billions of dollars? Do you think it ran into millions of dollars? There's first thing we need to discover today. What do we call lack that this person is poor? When can I say this person is poor? He needed help. When can I say that actually this person is poor and he needed help? Do you know that most of the times it's covetousness that makes us to place ourselves where we are not? Because we have not understood the definition of being poor. That's why we say poor simply means you are lacking. When that need is met, you are no more poor. God showed us how these ones, their needs were met. They were in lack. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So it's just like they preached them the gospel. And these ones received the gospel. And they came to Christ. You know, I'm trying to define one before we go into the cheering among brethren. Let's define one. Now, when they came together, they started discovering that among them, there are certain of them who actually were poor. What made them poor is because there are certain needs they couldn't meet. You understand what I'm saying? And now, when those needs were met, I now ask you, can you still say it's poor? Now, so many of you that give to the beggars out there, do you know there are many of them who are richer than you? No, somebody's not understanding. Actually, that beggar don't have a need. There's no immediate lack. There's no need to be met with that money that men are giving to him. No need to be met. Now, do you know one thing I want to do today? I want to get you out of religion. Do you know why you are doing that? Because of those two scriptures I read first in Proverbs. Is it not true? Because you've heard that God said, anyone that gives to the poor is lending to the Lord. How can you lend to the Lord? When the poor you claim you give to, you don't even understand what it means to give to the poor. And the man is using the money you gave to him. He opened Gouda. He said it was a wonderful one today. Akako is by the side. He will sip that one. Maybe miss it with Fanta. He said, wonderful. He said, madam. And somebody is in his house and said, praise God today. I bless the poor. And heaven will say, 
poor indeed. You bless them. Don't tell me to pay you back. He didn't give me. Don't ever tell me pay you back. You did not lend to me. The reason why you are doing it is Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 and Proverbs chapter 28 verses 27. He said, I don't want to be caused. So God said, if you see the beggar, give them. If you see them, give them. But God said, no. You didn't understand what I said. You did not understand what I said. Because in the first place, you weren't meeting any need of the man. The man in question wasn't in lack in the first place. He wasn't in lack in the first place. In fact, some of us have become so foolish that we use our last card and give to them and say, God will give me back. Because any man that lent to God, God is owing him. There's no way God can owe you. He will lend me back. And after one year, he didn't give to you. You start murmuring. Because the Lord knows, it's not me you gave to. You never gave to me in the first place. He never gave to me in the first place. Now the first poor that Jesus raised for us is in his church. The first poor that Jesus raised for us as an issue, as a matter. That's why he began to speak that in all our givings to the poor or to those who are needy, let the first consideration be for those of the household of God. For those in the household of who? God. For you not to sow a wrong seed. For you not to sow a religious seed. And claim tomorrow you have lent to God. Ah. God says. It's so important that you understand. When there are lack in my church. When there are needs in my church. When some of the brethren. They are in lack in needs. You go out to the world. You sow to a man who is drinking gouda. A man who is chopping pepper soup. Even that man have girlfriend by the side. And he say, God, it is written. In Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17. God said, yes, it is written. But you gave foolishly. You didn't follow order. You are giving as a religious person. You never sat down for me to teach you well. He never sat down for me to teach you well. Heaven knows. I have never given the people of the world what I have given to the church. I will never. It will never happen. I have a family where I belong. And that's why I said to us, among you, the poor will always be there. Among you, the poor will always be there. No matter how you preach, the poor will always be around. After all, Lazarus went to heaven. Can a righteous man go to heaven? Can an unrighteous man go to heaven? Do you ever hear that unrighteous man ever went to heaven? And some of the ministers say if you are poor, you are committing sin. You are under a curse. A curse is on your head. You can't be poor. You can't be poor. No. <laughs> Lazarus was poor. You can't tear away that passage of the Bible. You can never. There's nothing you can do to tear it away. Thank God it's in the New Testament. Lazarus was poor until he died. He was eating from hand to mouth. Until he died. 
if the Bible never recorded that Lazarus went to heaven, the preachers of today would have killed people. They would say, you see, he died and went to hell. He died and went to hell. Poverty is dangerous. Poverty is a cause. We told you. Tell me. Did you hear about Lazarus again? But the scriptures was very concerned and conscious of Lazarus. He told us how he journeyed back home. How he was with Father Abraham. How the rich man that enjoyed here on earth couldn't make heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand. The poor will always be in the church. The poor will always be in the church. Then God wants us to be sensitive to know them. Who are poor indeed? Who are poor indeed? Because that brought us to what the apostles started doing. They were too sensitive to know. They were too sensitive to know there are the poor among us. We can't let them to be like that. And God showed us again when he talked about lack. These ones wearing covertures. They were not covertures. They were not one bit covertures. Not one bit covertures. They understood what it means to be poor. They understood what it means to be walking with Christ. They understood it perfectly well. Perfectly well. You know you don't understand God's definition of being poor. We're not talking about Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Let's add the poor in the spirit. That's not what the poor we're talking about here. There is another kind of poor. The one of Lazarus. <laughs> but there is another provision God made. In order for the need of the poor among the brethren to be met on a constant basis. That none of them, the Bible recorded, none of them lacked. All their needs were met. None of them lacked. You see a rich man, for example, as they call them, the rich man, as they call them, his container is worth 20 billion naira and he has 80 billion. Are you understanding? It's remaining how many to make it 20? He go borrowing. The man went a borrowing to complete 20 billion. And he went to borrow 2 billion naira to complete it only for him to go to the bank and borrow the two billion and completed it and that the ship was coming, the thing capsized and the 20 billion sank. Who is poor and who is rich? Who is poor and who is rich now? Who is poor and who is rich now? And the one they call poor is eating his good vegetable in the house and sleeping with a heart not jumping out. And the one they call rich is start getting lean. It start getting lean. They will call the wife and say, there's nothing remaining in me again. I'm finished. Hi, I'm finished. Hey, I'm finished. And heaven will sit down and be smiling and say, rich man. And many children of God, whom Christ is showing the path of life, they are troubling their life. Because they have deceived them and brainwashed them. And they don't want them to understand. And look at the scripture. My Jesus said the poor will always be with you. And God said to us, see it from this other angle. Let's go back to that Acts. Are you in Acts chapter 4? Now, first I want to establish this. The poor is there. 
There is provision. There is also blessings as God has promised us. But first, let's understand. This poor we are talking about, they are in the church. But how do we know them? We have to define this. How do we know them? Go back quickly again to that verse 32. Many people come to the church today who are unbelievers. Who don't know Christ. They have heard that some churches are sharing money. They have heard some churches are beginning to pay school fees. They have heard some churches can pay off what? Your bills. Hospital bill, house rent, and so many others. Some of them are using it as a strategy to capture people. I heard one time in the church, a pastor said, if you bring up to how many members, that's a price for you. And that was in the church I was looking at them. I said, is this how bad it has become? That these people have become drunk. That they are giving people prizes to go and win souls for Christ. Can we go to the scripture and see what happened? Look at what the Bible said in verse 32. And the multitude of them that do what? Believe. Not the multitude that don't believe. Not the multitude that pass by. Not the multitude that come to occupy the seat. So that the ushers can count and now present to pass to is working. But the multitude that believe, hey, Jesus is not in networking business. Jesus is not in networking business. Let these gospel ministers hear it. Let them get out of this mess they are doing. It's not my own Jesus that is doing that. We go to preach you gospel for you to believe. Before you can join us. We preach you gospel for you to believe to join us. To join us. That is when we can say he's our brother. The Bible said, go back again to verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed, we are of one heart, of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Why is it that the third aspect of it is no more happening in the church? We are not of one soul. Not of one heart. The men they brought outside are not our brothers. They are not our brothers. We can never be of one soul, of one heart with them. We can't. The spirit differs. They carry the spirit of the world. They are coming to see how they will enlist themselves and start getting the booties. The true ones who are the poor are supposed to be getting. They will deny them of that. Those ones who believe in Christ. In my own church, I was once a home cell leader. And they know in my church what they do is that before the church will approve anything for you, they go through your leader. So most of the students that are living where we are, some don't come to church on Sundays. But they must attain home cell. Nobody needs to tell you their reason. The reason is clear. It's well defined. That actually they know if the home cell leader will not recommend, the church will not give them what they used to give them. So they will always attend there. And then we are privileged to know many of them. 
Many of them are keeping their girlfriend in their house. They live with them. Some of them get pregnant. Some of them live anyhow. But they attend home cell for the church to use the people of God money to pay their school fees. For the church to use the children of God's money to pay their school fees. And they say we are expanding his home cell. His home cell. Who taught you that? They want to play fast one. And the people decided to play faster with them. They are not after the business of Christ of making men to believe. So they will come and tell you this is what makes you a member. And the people will smile. And they now go there and settle down. We are members, oh. See, they come to me and say, sign. If you sign out God's money to people who are halos, God will hold you. You should be bold enough to say, no, I will not. I don't know you. I need to know you. If you're a leader of cell meeting, you cannot go to know the people that are under you. You don't know what you're doing. You should know. And you discover when you go to some of their houses, you will just jam the bear with their boyfriend. You will jam them life and direct. You will meet them. Then how can you still approve that they should give? It simply means you and them are becoming the same. And one day I confronted a pastor. I said, why are you carrying cell meeting to the house of a 419er that everybody knows in that environment is a 419er? The pastor said it doesn't mean anything. At least let the word of God be coming there to him. I laughed. I said, this one is the word of God. This one I'm hearing you people say is the word of God that will come to him and change him. Go and see the man now. Home cell is there. He has opened a very large beer parlor. With the ark of God you claim you carry to his house. He opened a very large beer parlor. And God began to teach us. It's a matter that we cannot make light of. Why are they doing this thing? Just to see that they have crowd. That they have plenty of people. If they come, the pastor will be going. Somebody will be at his back. And say, at least I'm a pastor of 5,000 members. 10,000 members will be walking like this. Walking like this. And say, I'm a big man. Somebody is following him. I'm a big man. Hey, somebody help me. This is a matter. It's not a joke. That they are trying to ruffle Christ anyhow. They try to do their own things their own way. They say, Jesus, wait, please. Wait. Let's do our own. You have tried. Let's do our own. Stay by the side. Let's do our own. They don't want to allow him to build by himself. And we saw the apostles go back again to that as Ayin asked after four. Now look at that. He said, and the multitude of them that believe. We of one heart and of one soul. Neither said anyone. Now look at that. Where they started sharing things in common was there. They first have to check. Are we of one heart and of one soul? Have this one laid down all for Christ? Have this one laid down all for Christ? Has he laid down all for Jesus? Is his all for Christ? There's no way such practice can happen in the church for now. Are you talking about another man going to sell his property and bring it this year? Huh? Ananias and Sapphira. 
The other one said, Murukwanya. We are the last people that will sell our own. No, I'm asking you the church of today, can such a thing happen? The reason is because of here. Not of one soul, not of one heart. Their heart differs. Their heart is different. Why? They have recruited people who don't know God. Meet some of them Dickens. You know, to ordain people now is very easy. Can just bring you and pour you on your head. Go on. You are my deacon. You are my bishop. You are my entertainer. They are making themselves these things. God never made them. Just strategies of keeping men. Can we say amen? And we saw where the problem started. He said to us, this is where the issue began. They are not of one heart again. They are not of one soul again. How can such a thing happen anymore? How can we see the end of lack? How can we see the end of these needs in the church? There are so many of them who are capable of doing it. They have become afraid. Some people have dealt with them. Because they are not of one heart. They carry some of them as brother. They embrace them. They carry them to their company. And say, ah brother. You're in charge. I've been suffering here. How people have been dealing with me. And he said, I brought my brother. Oh! That brother was the one that dealt with him properly well. He dealt with him well, well. Even when he want to talk, he said, if you talk, I feel shoot you. He said, are you no brother? He said, queer. Bro, 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 bro your head. Who recruited them? Who gathered them and made them to be part of us? Can you recruit somebody today by his service arm? No, now it's not done. I never see Christ do that. He didn't do it once. He never did that one day. Not Jesus. He never did it one day. All the people he recruited that walked with him, what happened, please? He carried them through hill and mountain. He was carrying them up and down everywhere, threading them. He trained them so much that he shake all of them. Ah, say this one's okay. I can commit this into their hand. But today, we see people that commit things into children. Into the hand of children. I mean the things of God. They commit it into the hands of babies who still need miracle. Miracle. I mean milk. They are answering pastor. And they send them one place. They started moving like this. I so say, you know, I'm the pastor. So we saw first that where this problem started was that he said, neither there were any among them that lacked. So before we get to that one, we must first prove that our spirit and heart is one. Honestly, if it's not one, that one can never happen. Even me that is here as your pastor, I can't sell my land and lay it down to the people that their heart is far from me. The people that me and them don't agree. They saw that these people have sold out everything. They lay it down. Some even turn their back to their parents. We saw the children of Zebedee. They turn their back and leave their father. Didn't you read the Bible? They say, Papa, bye-bye. We see Jesus who are following him. 
Jesus met Matthew and said, follow me. They turned their back and leave everything and they were following Christ. Why won't these people come together and say no? We will not let our brother be put to shame. We will not let them mock him. We sell our lands. Brother, you'll be sustained. Huh? The brother will say, brother, hey, you people did this for me. He said, we'll do it again. As soon as another lack is coming, another brother will sell his own and bring it. We are standing for Christ. They understood the purpose why Christ gathered them. They were too focused. They say we will never allow Jesus to be put to shame. Even if the whole world abandon us. Even if everybody say we cannot eat. We are sure we will provide for ourselves and eat. This brother will come back home and say. My husband. They are chasing us out. They say brother don't worry. I'm coming. Who wants to buy this land? You are buying it. Take. Take. This is the money. They are distributed. All the people that have need distribute it. They have one mind. One heart. Pursuing one purpose. Which church do we have today? Which church do we have today? The church of people who are stealing from their sheep. Is somebody in this meeting only? So don't get angry. And say some people are not doing what the Bible said. The Bible said in the days of apostles they sold everything. And left. Are you of one heart with Christ? Are you of one soul with Jesus? How are you working with Christ? If Christ called you, do you come? Are you following Christ because there's no alternative? Won't there's alternative you drop Christ? Are you following his vision because there's no alternative? I went to a place where I sat down. As ministers, we sat down. The person teaching us is a doctor. He taught us and got to a point where he had to tell us. He said, now, he need to tell us this. That he is a qualified doctor with a certificate. When Jesus came, his hospital was functioning. Jesus said, shut it down. He shut the whole hospital down. Asked the nurses to go. They charged all the people that were there as patients. And returned to the village where we met him. I now ask, how are you people being sustained? This is the way they are being sustained. I go to the place I saw engineers. I go to the place I saw PhD holders. I go to that place I saw all oh my Jesus. I saw men of every class who abandoned everything, abandoned family and returned to the village not as if there's light there 24 hours. They say Jesus asked us to be here. Now I ask how are you being sustained? Their mind. I discovered that this is what they were practicing. A brother whom God has made everybody to know. The presidents know him. The governors know him. He never walked into the governors for his pocket. As they give it to him, he carried it and lay it at the feet of the apostles and said, Let this distribution be made according to the needs. And God that way keeps sustaining them. That none of them lacked. None of them were in need. Can somebody shout amen? The biblical pattern is still working up to tomorrow. It has never failed for one day. It has never failed for one day.
It's only failing in the life of men and women who refuse to follow Christ. The way he said. That's what we see in the body of Christ today. Men that pursue their aim. And they'll come and say, share it. That's why it's not helping people. The work of Christ is suffering. So what is the Lord saying? All of our heart, soul, being with the purpose of Christ. Laying down all for him. Saying Jesus will surrender all. That's where the whole thing happened. Look at the next thing that happened. Immediately that. Great power follows. Great miracles. You see this miracle we are struggling for. That is how it works. When there is one mind, one heart, one soul. Watch. If we pray small prayer. Great answer comes. If we pray small prayer. Great power moves. But when the soul and heart is different. Full of deceit. Full of corniness. Full of self. Consumed of my own. It doesn't work like that. Look at verse 33. And with great power. Give the apostle witness. Of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. We want a restoration of great grace. In the body of Christ. But this is the part. This is the part. In verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. You see, for God, he called their needs be met on a daily basis that these ones have been free from lack. Through their fellow brethren. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Nobody hurts anything because they have one focus. Nobody hides anything because they have one focus. We saw when Ananias and Sephora want to do what? To stop that move. The Holy Ghost said no. That is what gives me confidence. They thought that the Holy Ghost is no more powerful again. He's coming. He will sweep away every falsehood in the church. He did it before. He will do it again. He has not changed. When they came with that cunningness, Peter said, you, 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 you have lied against the spirit of God. You, as he was talking about Sephora, he said, the feet of the men that carried your husband is just there. You will follow them too. He has not finished talking. Sephira did what? Hit the ground and died too. The major move for God, he don't want anything to stop it. I tell you, God is visiting the church again. I tell you, we will still yet see this power again. I tell you, it will yet happen. But all he's begging us is for us to be on the Lord's side. To partner with him about this revival. Not to be on the other side that they will use to do experiment of the revival. Like it happened to Ananias and Zephyr. It will not be our portion. And we saw this man. What great things have happened. Do you know that is why we feel that we are in lack? The strength and the wisdom that God has given to the church. If we have used it, you would have seen every day everybody was jumping. We look at the world with their rickety cars. Some of them have car, but they are owing. They are in deep debt. They have houses, but they are in deep debt. They are not resting. So they are not rich. But look at the people of God. Their needs are met. None of them lacked anything. All the people who have possession, what is the possession for? I have told Jesus there is nothing I can lay down for you. But I want to say, correct people with the right soul, with the right heart. Can somebody shout a better amen? I read that last scripture, then we leave. In verse 34, 
I read down to the last one. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Can you imagine that? He said, for as many as were possessors of lands, of houses sold them, and brought the price of the things that were sold. Look at 35. And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. According as he has need. Today, it doesn't happen that way. Even those who don't have need push their name. They push their name. They are sharing rice through their name. They pack it in the house. Because they don't understand that this is a major move of God. You don't stop it. I would like us to pray. You must cry to God and say, Lord, you must help me. You must help me. Please, I want you to pray. Ask the Lord to help you. We must bend to the truth that we have found in Christ. We must bend to that truth. There is a truth that we have found in Christ. As we study it, we must bend to it. We have known the world that are the world. We have known the direction God is giving to us. We might show the world mercy. That one is called mercy. We are showing them mercy. If you give to somebody who said he's blind out there, you are showing them mercy. I don't have gold. I don't have silver. But I have Jesus. God wants us to have him. It's not gold or silver we are giving them. No. We want to give them Jesus. We want to give the blind man Jesus. That soul of the blind man need to be saved. How many blind have you come to tell about Jesus? How many bakers have we come to tell about Jesus? Don't you know that gift is better than anything we are giving to them? That 50 naira, you just fold your hand and put it in their hands. It's not the thing. Tell them about Christ. If you want to do them good, gather all of them and give them food and tell them about Jesus. You have done so well. There are brethren that believe in Christ who are still in lack. They actually believe we must look for them so that their faith will not faint. So that they will not faint. We saw this one. They are following Christ. They say, no, we will not let any one of them faint. They can't faint because they are following Christ. They have one soul and of one heart with us. Their heart is not different. Their soul is not different. They are not pursuing a different vision. It's about Christ. That is when we can lay down everything at the feet of and distribute it so that the faith can continue. But when you pursue two things, when there is deception in the heart, the man he called, he wasn't pursuing two things. He laid down his life and dropped his career and followed Christ. You must lay down your own and drop. Jesus can visit you. The Bible said they did not lack. They were not in need. Lord, heal your church. 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 This hypocrisy we have seen must go. This management in the body of Christ must go. We must return back to the altar of Christ. Lord help us. Lord help us. Let this work of revival of Lord Jesus not end here. Let it begin with us. Let it begin with me. I surrender to your will. 
way is difficult, Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. I don't know if there are people that are saying we surrender, Lord. We can't place value on land. We can't place value on car. We can't place value on anything. All the values must be on Christ. Unto Jesus. Unto Jesus, I surrender. Thank you, Father. We give glory to you. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' most precious name, we have prayed. I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heaven meetings, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life transforming seminars for all in Sports Circle at Sudin 23, C2C Plaza, Mpokiti Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry, Instagram at Savior T Sports, Twitter at Savior Total, WhatsApp number 090 email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Changing me.